Hello, you are listening to Forefront. This is Adam and Christina Hannon. We've been married for 17 years. We have four kids. And in this podcast, we're asking each other three marriage checking questions. What's something that's brought you joy this week? What's something that's been hard this week? And what's something that's been on the forefront of your mind? So eavesdrop in as we check in together as a couple. So you get to start this week. What's something that brought you joy? So you can find creative ways to let somebody know that you care about them or that you love them. And our eight-year-old daughter has a unique way of showing me that and reminding me that she loves me. Mm -hmm. She had this, what was it, a Hawaiian lei or something? Neon green Hawaiian lei that she had gotten from the dollar store. Couldn't be brighter in color. (laughs) And she's been plucking the flowers off and leaving them in places around the house that she knows that I'll find them on my pillow, in my sock drawer, like anywhere, like at my spot at the table. And every time I see one or pick one up, I'm like, oh, Lane loves me. This is awesome. (laughs) So we were out of town and I was uh, working for a day in a different building. And when I got dressed for the day, I had noticed that she must have helped you pack my suitcase. Yeah, what happened was her Hawaiian lei actually broke. And so all the flowers came off at once. (laughs) Okay, sure. And so she decided to just display a massive amount of love for you. (laughs) Right, and I didn't note that right away. Stuffing all of the flowers from the Hawaiian lei into different things that you had packed. So your shoes, your coat pocket, I mean. Everywhere she could find. Right. She had to have stuffed some in my pants, too. And I didn't... Because I got dressed right away in the morning, Mm -hmm. and I took off. I noticed the one sticking out of my jacket pocket. So that was awesome. I'm like, oh, wow. She she left me a flower. Hmm." (laughs) I didn't know what the day was going to bring. Because I'm walking around this building, and I'm noticing in hallways that have already been down, there's a little yellow flower on the floor in the hallway. I'm like, there's no way. She hasn't been here. How did this get here? Um, you and were then, leaving a trail. I, they were falling <laughs> out of me. Like, I had no idea. Like, there, there's flowers coming out of my shoes. I didn't even know. So I put my shoes on. And I thought, okay, dress shoes are a little bit more uncomfortable. I didn't <laughs> think that there was. Especially when they're stuffed with a Hawaiian lace worth of flower. <laughs> <laughs> that was amazing. So there was a lot of love in those shoes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that brought me a lot of joy. What's uh, something that's brought you joy this past week? You know, pumpkin spice season where everything is pumpkin spice flavored? I love that season. I am not experiencing pumpkin spice season right now. Here's where I'm at this week. Okay. Cinnamon and chocolate together. Ooh. Would that be like Mexican chocolate? I think sometimes people call it that. But Mm -hmm. anyway. Like a Mexican mocha? It's totally that combination. Yeah, it works. It's not an official season like pumpkin spice season, but it's just in our home. That's been the official season of the week, and everything I make is <laughs> cinnamon and chocolate combined, and it's oh, it's so good. Yeah. Regardless of the time of year, what it says on the calendar, yeah, bring right. it on. Yeah. I mean, it's good in coffee. It's good in cake. It's good. Was that the cake we had last night? You know. <laughs> it was. It was cinnamon and chocolate. <laughs> you know. It was good. All yeah. right. Yeah. Little seasons of flavor combinations bring me a lot of joy. So this week, cinnamon and chocolate. And you're good at sharing the joy. (laughs) What's been hard for you this week? 
So I've been a little bit busier at work the past few weeks, and that meant that we haven't been going on as many afternoon walks as usual. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness. Like, I get it. Totally get it. Let's be flexible. Let's not make this like a forced thing. But man, when we don't get to go on a walk together, you and I, yeah, that's that's hard. Yeah, I miss it. Because we don't have a natural time then that we connect. Right. It is hard. I agree. Yeah. I remember when we first started walking together, and we may have mentioned this in the podcast before, but if you missed it, you signed us up for a 5K a couple of years ago. Yeah, I did. <laughs> it's like, I signed us up for a 5K. I'm like, what? So we did, and that was awesome. And we had practice for the 5K. We, we started running up to, was it 3.1 miles, which was awesome. We didn't like the running at all. No, it wasn't our thing. What we enjoyed was cooling down afterwards by walking and then hey we get a chance to talk it's just the two of us this is great so after the 5k was done we completed the race we just kept doing the walking yeah and that's something that we've been able to keep up for years super healthy in our marriage and it it does bring us a lot of joy where the running really didn't it really didn't (laughs) some people love running and i'm so glad maybe someday yeah we'll get there So these came up in my Facebook memories this week. We did two 5Ks. They're the hot chocolate 5K. So you finished running 3.1 miles. You go through that torture and they give you chocolate as a reward. Awesome. But I remember we had three goals when we were doing those 5Ks. We wanted to run the race together. Mm -hmm. We wanted to run the whole way without stopping to walk. Yep. And we wanted to get under a half hour. Yep. And we did that. So looking at these Facebook memories... We totally did that. I think uh, best time was 26.44, and that was yours, not mine, because once we hit (laughs) 3.0 miles, you just darted off, and I couldn't keep up with you. I saw that finish line, and I'm like, I am done. Get me out of here as fast as I can. (laughs) That was amazing. That was hard, but I'm glad we did that. That was good. So what's been hard for you this week? Well, you mentioned that we had been out of town, and while you were off at work leaving trails of Hawaiian flowers everywhere. (laughs) I wonder what people were thinking. Like, what is going on with that guy? I got to go to one of my favorite places in the world, Ikea. Oh. And I love that store. I love looking around, getting ideas, finding unique storage opportunities. Um, You're really there for the veggie dogs. I'm, Yeah. I am there for the veggie dogs. Last year, I said, what do you want to do for your birthday? You said, go to Ikea and have a veggie dog. That's it? Yes. <laughs> and it would take all day because you have to go through the store, right. right? But best 75 cents you can spend, <laughs> in my opinion. <laughs> it's not a typical... It, you have you have something in your mind when I say veggie dog. It's not that. No, like, it's, it's so good. It is. So good. Anyway, so I took the kids there while you were at work because, you know, cheap lunch. But really, like, we needed some new dressers for the boys' room and, and a new desk for them. And so I was actually going to buy furniture. That was my intention. We get in the store and... Every single item that I looked at, I was like, oh, I really like this. You know, you look at the tag and it tells you which aisle and bin that you're going to find it in. Yeah. Every single thing I looked at, out of stock. And I 
look at a lot of things. Like, this is true. I've gone shopping, especially with you, yeah. at IKEA. Like, mm-hmm. and so some of the things, even like things I wasn't even really probably going to buy, I would look at the tag and be like, out of stock. What in the world? <laughs> and then it was just kind of frustrating because, like, what can I buy? Like, even if I didn't want to buy any of these things, I could not buy it. Hmm. I don't know. Saved a lot of money. I saved a lot of money. I still got my veggie dog. Okay. So I guess that's all right. But, I mean, is it the Suez Canal thing when the boat got stuck? Is that what's holding up IKEA shipments? I have no idea. Why are they out of furniture? That's what they do. (laughs) I don't know. Was it just the stuff that you looked at? Was everybody else kind of experiencing the same thing? Yeah. I would assume so, because I started just then looking at every tag, but like, this is outrageous. What now it becomes world? a game. <laughs> like, like yeah, what, do, this thing. what do you have in stock? You know, <laughs> they were even sold out of regular hot dogs. So you had to get the veggie dog. <laughs> That's amazing. It really was. Anyway, that was hard on a low level hard. Yeah. <laughs> There are worse things that could happen to you. There are a lot worse. But still, that's what was hard to you this week. Anyway, so what's what's been on the forefront of your mind? You were telling me that you had come across just, I don't know if it was random or what, but you came across this comedy thing from Jerry Seinfeld. Mm-hmm. And you were listening to that while you were getting ready. And our son walks in. He's a teenager. And he walks in and he hears it. And what did he say? He's like, he comes up to me. It's like, are you watching the B movie? (laughs) (laughs) Think about that for a second. Like this next generation behind us has a whole different pop culture experience than we do. Mm -hmm. Everybody knows Seinfeld, right? No, no. It's the B movie. It's, was it Barry B? Yeah. He, (laughs) he had no idea who Jerry Seinfeld was outside of the context of the B movie. <laughs> it's like, for real? That's funny. We need to educate these children. Yeah. And we haven't busted out Seinfeld yet, but we did start watching, what was it? Uh, Comedians in Cars Getting Coffee. Yeah. That's his new show. <laughs> it's not even new. It's just new to us. We, right. We started watching it. And uh, it, that's basically the premise of the show. It's comedians in cars getting coffee and they're just having dialogue and conversation and it's actually super interesting and it is funny it's not forced comedy these people are genuinely funny some of some of them the one with jimmy fallon in it it was a Mm -hmm. two-part episode that one was really good i love jimmy fallon i love the insight that came from just a natural conversation seinfeld asked him hey what do you do when you get angry Mm, yeah and jimmy fallon said well i used to say are you kidding me? He's like, used to? Used to. I don't do that anymore. Why not? Well, somebody makes me angry. I can't blame them. Seinfeld says, yeah, you can blame them. <laughs> he says, well, yeah, I guess I could. But blaming somebody or getting upset never has actually helped the situation. Hmm. So I just roll with it. Like, Really? Yeah. It, it seems so countercultural to Seinfeld, and it is. It is countercultural, like not getting upset or not letting anger dominate you. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. all over the Bible. In your anger, do not sin. In fact, when you do get angry, get rid of it by nightfall. It's not going to help you. And I think there is a lot of wisdom from Jimmy Fallon in what to do when you get angry. 
So that's been in the forefront of my mind this week. Good. I'm glad with all the extra work you've been putting in that you. (laughs) Well, you know what? We had totally accidentally deleted an important server at work. And I remember Jimmy Fallon on that Seinfeld show. I'm like, well, getting angry is not going to (laughs) help. Let's just fix it and have some fun doing it. So it's been good. Good. What's been on the forefront of your mind this week? Well, I said that IKEA running out of furniture was my hard thing, but if if I'm honest, it's it's been a trying week in a lot of different areas in different responsibilities that that I have. I've had to make some not popular decisions just out of necessity because when you're in charge of something and things need to get in line. Usually it's the person in charge who has to make that decision and sometimes it's not popular. Um, That's hard in a way that Ikea furniture is never going to be hard. I mean, that's just hard on all the the levels. You know, it's emotionally draining and, but I also found myself questioning, okay, what what is my role here? What is my what is my level of responsibility? Kind of coming face to face with the reality that God has called me to something and I've sort of been shirking my level of responsibility. Like I've been saying like, yeah, I'm in charge, but oh, you messed that up. That's your problem. And just kind of like, well, that's on you. Too bad. But really, it kind of goes back to the leader, right? So mm-hmm. if God put me in charge here, then I do bear a level of responsibility when the person I'm in authority over messes up. And in case you haven't figured this out, I'm totally talking about parenting because like, where <laughs> else, that out where actually, else yeah. am I in charge of anyone <laughs> other than... Um, as their parent. And so if God has called me to be a mother, and he has, and I know that because I am a mother, mm-hmm. and my children's sin, that's their sin. And that's, to some degree, their responsibility. But there is a level at which it's also sort of like my responsibility to an extent as far as what role do I have in protecting them from that, keeping them from that, you know, putting putting barriers or systems in place so that they are not falling into that sin. It, where Where is that level of responsibility? Where is that line that God calls me to be accountable for these children that he's given me and the way that I've raised them and the environment that I've given them to grow into? Oh, that's hard to figure out. Yep. The older they get, I'm finding it to be more and more difficult. You know, when they're a toddler, I feel like I bore the the level of responsibility a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And as they've grown up, I've I've sort of just I I call it shirking earlier, but like shirked that responsibility. Well, like that's your issue, that's your sin. You need to repent of that. And it's not my responsibility. But I am responsible for what your environment, your time management to some degree. I'm still the boss. Yep. I'm still the mom. I can still say, no, you can't do that. Yes, you can do that. And 
I've been letting go of that responsibility, I think maybe too much. It's been hard to see that because it shows a shortcoming I found in my own parenting and my own responsibility and the accountability that I have before God. And so I've just been thinking a lot about that. But then this week, it was such a blessing because as I was praying and just crying out to God about this, Lord, show me how to parent well. Show me how to be responsible. Show me how to shepherd these children well. There was this beautiful reminder that he gave me, you know, when the Apostle Paul says, every time he writes a letter in the New Testament, he starts out his letters with Paul, an apostle, you know, or actually he says, Paul called to be an apostle, right? Yeah. And so there is that calling that he's recognized, like, I am an apostle, and so therefore I have authority over you, kind of like... I am your mom, and therefore I have authority over you. But in the fact that God called Paul to be an apostle and God called me to be your mother, there is, yes, a sense of responsibility, but also a huge sense of relief because Paul as an apostle faced a ton of opposition. Even in churches and with believers, I mean, people were opposed to him. But he knew who had called him to it. And so it's like, okay, you can be upset with me, but I'm here because God put me here. I'm here because he told me to. So like the message I'm sending is because it comes straight from God. And so in the same way, I feel like there's a huge relief on me as well. And like, yeah, I'm not making a popular decision right now. Like you and your friends might not think I'm the nicest mom in the world right now. But I feel a huge sense of relief knowing like, I'm doing this because I'm called. I'm doing this because God put me in this position of authority. Even though you're going to push back against it, even though you're going to maybe feel like, oh, I don't like this or whatever, and you're going to oppose me. I know that it's going to be God who will sustain me through it. Because if he's the same God who called me to do it, he's going to be the same God who gives me the energy to get through it. So it's, yeah, I guess it's just been a week of of wrestling between those two feelings of if I'm called, it does bear a responsibility, but it also bears a sense of relief. And so I'm so thankful for that. I feel like he just answered my prayer and that as I was struggling through it and kind of feeling the weight of the responsibility, he's also showing me the beauty of the relief that he gives. Like, Mm. he's going to carry me through this. He's going to sustain me. He's going to give me the energy because he called me to do it. So that's, I don't know, that's what's been on the forefront of my mind this week. Sure. Reminds me of a conversation we had with somebody while we were in the car getting coffee. It wasn't a comedic conversation. Um, there were a few laughs, but you know the conversation went to parenting teenagers, and she had said, "And parenting teenagers seems like I'm being pretty harsh on my daughter." But then I remember all the ways that my parents parented me, and thinking, "Oh, they weren't being hard on me. They actually cared." <laughs> Time to call and thank 
thank mom and dad for uh, for even the harsh times, the hard times of parenting because they did it because they cared, because they were commissioned by God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Parenting is a joyful responsibility that's sometimes, if not often, hard, but it is that responsibility that you've been given by God. And he's going to power you through it. Yes. So here we are. This has been Forefront Podcast with Adam and Christina Hannon. Forefront is a production of Northwestern Media. You can find more at ForefrontPodcast.com.